0: And we're back. We're on. I'm Gideon Hodge.
1: And I'm Juan Marulanda.
0: And it's a strange, strange world.
1: Yes, it is. I'm excited about this one, man.
0: All right. So this one was actually one that won. One that won. The one and only. The one and only. Uh, Talked me into is one about folklore. Uh, Since we've decided that I'm the preeminent Georgia folklorist (laughs) after the last episode. We need to print um, a T-shirt. That says we're really going to drive that home. So just get used to it. Me, Georgia folklorist, getting hodge. There you go. Uh, but there's a lot of strange folklore out there in the in the universe, in the mythos. And each country kind of has their own. Each yeah. region, ha- each region has their own variances okay. of these. Uh, like um, the leprechaun stories, for instance. Uh, leprechauns can be anything from like. You know, mischievous little cobblers—they're just building shoes and helping out around the house. Two people, shoes. yeah. They're uh, by trade, by trade, uh, leprechauns are cobblers, shoemakers. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I have no idea.
0: Yep. And then they've got a fancier cousin called the Cluricon that uh, just wears nicer clothes. And the Cluricons are actually known for sneaking into your wine cellar and uh, drinking your wine. Damn. That's a really convenient. That's the black sheep of the lubricant, right? Or the red sheep after No. Done <laughs> the burgundy, <laughs> the burgundy sheep <laughs> with some hiccups and a hangover. Yeah. Uh, actually, the chloricon myth uh, kind of cracks me up because that's a pretty uh, convenient one in Ireland. It's like, oh no, bro, we didn't drink your wine. that chloricon though, right? Oh, snuck in your your yeah,
1: <laughs> somebody got caught. You know, there's a there's a, a a Lupercan on... Luprechaun? How do you say that? in uh, English
0: pronunciation, leprechaun. 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 Fuck, el duende. That one.
1: Um, they say, on printing companies, they say they always have one of these guys, because no matter how many times somebody uh, reproves, uh, like a text that is going to be printed, uh-huh. there's always going to be a little mistake. Like one error in there? Yeah, and yeah. they always...
0: Blame Make it on this them. Guy, yeah, blame it on the And as a writer myself I actually really empathize with that. Like I remember when I was younger and I would read books and I would find like a typo. And yes. I was just like, How how could they possibly miss it? I this? know. And now that I've had to export, you know, four or five hundred page documents <laughs> yes. even after running it through mm-hmm. um, word check and, and, and you know, editing it myself four times yeah. and then having somebody else read through it another twelve times and there will still be stuff that gets missed, it's just, right. it's an overwhelming, I mean, you're talking about a document that's like a hundred thousand words, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's too much, gonna my, get missed my,
1: um, my mom, she's worked uh, for a newspaper all of her life, mm-hmm. um, so she's always been around, you know, printing, and magazines, and stuff like that, and she's always, she's always told me about the little, the little guy that's messing up the text, what do they call him? Dwendis. Dwendis. Duendes? Yeah, that's the translation cool. of the can. I wanted to camp. look that one up. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, speaking of typos, uh, this one actually happened back when I was in high school. Uh, there was a girl on the cheerleading team. Her name was Kelly Hunt, Kelly Hunt, H-U-N-T. Mm-hmm. And in the newspaper, all the different cheerleading scenes from the area were being featured. They had a you know group pictures of them, and in the article, she was named as Kelly, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm not kidding. It was with a K, but My still. My God. I, I had to wonder about that typo, if that was an accident or if that was just an editor that like bored. Fucker. Right, right. Just kind of bored, or like I wonder if they'll notice. Like seeing what he get away with.
1: Man, yeah, that's a really misfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Kelly,
0: I'm sorry that I'm repeating this story again 20 years later. Uh, <laughs> some things just live in infamy.
1: Don't be a, a what? hunt. <laughs> Don't be a hunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's actually. I think I'm still friends with her on Facebook. I think she works for, like, the Department of Justice or something like that. Oh, so, wow. So you, edit, you editors better watch out. She'll come kick your ass. She'll come kick your ass.
1: <laughs> you should send her the link to, uh, oh, to that's, this podcast.
0: To this podcast? Totally. Yeah. And then she'll be like, yeah, you guys don't ever talk about me again. <laughs> Why <on> <laughs> or I will come kick your ass. Why did
1: we bring her up?
0: Oh, because of the whole... The Kelly Hunt, the typos. Typos. So edit it. yeah. Uh, the duendes the duendes that are little goblins, uh, and that's sort of like um, Gremlins yeah. in American folk uh, lore were creatures that would get into machinery and make machinery malfunction. Messed up. It was little Gremlins yeah. doing it. Um, I think we've even in the early two thousands and late nineties they would refer, refer to uh, keyboard Gremlins if something was t- mistyped when right. they write, or uh-huh. you know Gremlins in the software making it uh, not work correctly. So. There were different helpful sprites. You know, you had, like, gnomes that would help uh, with things around the house. There is a creature in English folklore. I want to say it's called a Bakken, but I don't have the... So we got we have uh, good guys, too, right? They're not
1: all, like, adventurous and, like, messing shit up, right? Not all
0: of them, but a number of them do. So, like, a lot of them like to just really freaking mess with people Uh, one of them uh, one of them is the Dalahan, which most people today know as the Headless Horseman Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you've ever heard the story of the Headless Horseman and it's become fictionalized and it's more just like a spooky story of this creepy creature that haunts people and chases people but actually the history of it is that he was or they were the um, messengers of the Grim Reaper so if you saw the headless horseman, like you were going to die soon.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. But and this was this was the one that you told me on the last episode, right? The one that you will hear the the, the clopping of the horse. Yeah, coming, coming to get you, and right. Th- this is this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that was kind of our conclusion, and that's just. Kind of how it started this summer around on this episode on how every story translates on different cultures and but it's basically like a main idea because the the duende. not not el duende but uh, how do you call it? the the headless what
0: headless horseman
1: yeah so we have something like that and in, uh, in, in Latin American really? culture too okay if you hear it well like I said on the last podcast I'm come from a Family of farmers, and then come up with all this crazy shit. And my my uh, grandpa, my granddad, he said that he used to hear um, a, a, a carousel, I don't know how you call that. Like a, a set like that thing that mounts like two horses and brings like
0: a paris- y- uh a yoke or a um, a harness. Uh,
1: like old school type of movies that they bring like uh, like kings and queens like oh, Mary, yeah carriage yeah that thing she he used to hear that like past the past his corphew and he'll have to go home after he hear that but it was the, like
0: the carriage rider would yeah come if, get you if they, if they get you then then you're done so I wonder if like today it would be like the headless like like oh, Tesla. Tesla yeah yeah headless Tesla driver Tesla driver <laughs> so you just like woo, what was that? Mm-hmm. Or back in the day, it would have been like the headless Cadillac driver. Yeah, coming <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, I mean, but he it translates to
0: all kinds of uh, different cultures. So there's an idea, though. So we talked about this idea of um, mythology and folklore as social control or as ways yes. of giving warnings and lessons. Mm-hmm. For instance, Red Riding Hood, the whole story of Red Riding Hood is right. don't talk to strangers. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to Grandma's house, nobody nobody needs to know where you're going yeah. or why you're going there. But yeah, yeah. It's like, hi, bye, I gotta go. Yeah. I mean, you're a stranger, I don't need to talk to you. Yeah. And, and not saying that you have to be mean, but like, you know, he's, she you know she let the bad wolf know where she's going and right. the bad wolf was waiting for her there. I know. And that's, that's yeah,
1: I mean, you... It's about storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. It's mostly um, a story that becomes Bigger than the, than the message. Because yeah. we all know this story. Whatever Wherever we... I mean, I knew about this story, too.
0: Which, the, the Red Riding Hood? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and that one's been retold a few times. Sometimes the yep. wolf just eats her. Sometimes the woodsman comes in and kills the wolf. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the fascinating things about oral tradition, too, is that there would be a bunch of different versions of the same story. For instance, Cinderella. The Cinderella story goes all throughout Western and Northern Europe and even into Russia. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she's referred to as Cinderella. Sometimes she's referred to as uh, Ash Puddle. There's another version of her that she is called... Uh, oh, gosh. It's something about the name of her dress. She, her dress is made out of reeds. What? Yeah. Rashi something. Rashi... Rashy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Cenicienta, like we call her in Spanish.
0: Uh-huh. La cenicienta. It's c- like thrushy rashy or something like that. It was like a weird name, but it uh-huh. was that her dress was made out of rushes. Okay. Because she was poor and couldn't okay. afford anything else. So there you go, same story, three different ways of telling it, or three different names for it, mm-hmm. for that for that matter. And then you've got the headless horseman, which is the warning of danger of you know oh you might die if you run into this character mm-hmm. which I think might have started of if you see a dark figure on a horse approaching you mm-hmm. and you don't know who they are you probably don't want to you know yeah. mess with them
1: engage in the conversation especially with if they're writing
0: about it at night they might not be they might be a, a highwayman they might be a robber or something like that right uh, and
1: this is like you said it, it, it passes on like it's one of those stories that you don't know if they're true, where you're too afraid to even ask. And even more so before, I can picture my granddad being like seven, and mm-hmm. his uncles or his dad telling him, "Hey, hey boy, don't don't go out there because I've heard this headless monster right. coming. You're not, you haven't heard the thing ever in your life." And but you don't
0: want to at that point.
1: Exactly. So that's that's good enough. You don't need to hear that. And then that passes on because we still, to this day, talking about.
0: And also, um, stories take on a life of their own in the retelling. For instance, there's this uh, urban legend about, and you might have even heard this legend back in or urban myth back in Columbia. And it, it, every high school has the story about this kid that had a bunch of LSD in his pocket. It leaks into his leg. And then suddenly he's like in this vegetative state afterwards that he thinks he's an orange. Or what? He thinks like he's like a bottle of ketchup. Like he, his brain just got fried just because fried. of so much LSD that went into his skin. And I've heard this story over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's always a friend of a friend or this guy that went to this school five years ago. And this story's been circulating since like the 1980s oh, here in America. You're right, yeah there's um, the,
1: somebody somebody knows the guy but nobody knows the guy right, it's always a friend right. of a friend um, there's all. also
0: the story and the, a lot of these are like dare program like don't do drugs type of stories but there's yeah. the one about the hippie that like put a put a baby in the oven because they were so high they didn't know they didn't know it wasn't a turkey or something crazy like that oh
1: what the heck
0: yeah yeah. Um, crazy stuff. Speaking of urban myths, uh, and this one's kind of taking a, a turn. So you've got the there was a myth or a warning, uh, and this started in the '80s when I was a kid, that uh always check your candy for like puncture holes or things like that because they were warning you that they well, might reach.
1: your but your Halloween candy. Yeah, Halloween candy.
0: oh shit! Somebody might you, try to poison it.
1: They tell you this in, in uh, Colombia too. Really? Yeah, my mom used to telling me like don't don't just guess can't don't just uh receive candy from anyone because they always they you don't know what they put in it and they always been saying like oh they've been putting drugs in in little kids candy so they can like get them high out of their minds and just kidnap them whatever Mm -hmm. and and I've seen memes about it have you yeah. seen the memes about it? It's like, I'm still looking for the candy that has drugs in it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I've,
0: I've even seen people write back, it's like, uh, like, Karen, nobody can afford to like feed all your kids oh, the, ecstasy. Yeah, I know, like that. yeah, like, exactly. There's no way. So the, the, the messed up thing is all of that stems from one story,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's about a father who actually did try to poison his own kids. His idea was he had taken out life insurance policies on the family. His mother. Right. So he put poison in the candy, and it was supposed to, all the family members were supposed to eat it but him, and then he was going to look like the victim, and then he was going to cash in the insurance policy. At least that was his plan. Well, only one of the kids actually got a hold of the candy. The kid died. Uh, actually, just looked up his name. His name is Ronald Clark O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, nicknamed the Candy Man or the Man Who Killed Halloween. Uh, he apparently was in some financial problems, uh, and he decided this was his only way out, but, and it was actually messed up, because he was, like, on the news after his kid got killed, talking about, like, oh, this is terrible, I'm so upset. Da-da-da. Oh, he it's played like,
1: the, oh, he yeah. played
0: a part. And I was like, no, dude, you did this. And then they finally found out that he did it, and he went, he went to jail, and he ended up getting lethal injection. He was sentenced to death, oh, that How was the, in the I 70s have... that happened. 1975 was when he was. Oh, my
1: God, you sick freak.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, October 31st, 1974, O'Brien took his two children trick-or-treating in Pasadena, Texas. The children ran ahead of him while O'Brien stayed behind. He was, like, lagging behind. When they caught up, he had five 21-inch pixie sticks, which he later claimed was giving to, to him from an occupant of a house that had not answered the door. Um, O'Brien gave his neighbor's two children pixie sticks, one to his children and one to Timothy and Elizabeth. Upon returning home, he gave the fifth pixie stick to a 10 year old boy whom he recognized from his church. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some of the candy he collected, choosing the pixie stick. Timothy had trouble getting the powdered candy out of the straw, so O'Brien helped him loosen the powder. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tastes bitter. O'Brien gave his son some Kool Aid to wash down the taste. Uh, Timothy immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt and ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. Uh, he had put, what was it he used in here? It oh, was so a it mixture right of. Away. Oh, yeah, no, it was a um, potassium cyanide, you was what he put it. in there. Yeah. Um, but
1: that, was this his kit? Because you mentioned other kids, I don't know. Yeah, uh,
0: Timothy was his kid. Okay. Uh, apparently it contained enough cyanide to kill two adults. Oh my god. Uh, O'Brien initially told police... freak. Yep, O'Brien initially told police that he couldn't remember where he got the pixie sticks from. The police became suspicious of his excuses because O'Brien and his neighbor had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it had been raining. Their suspicions increased after learning that none of the homes the groups had, fish- had visited had handed out pixie sticks. It's like, dude, you at least got to do your homework a little oh, better I on this.
1: At least plan it out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So.
1: So this go this this proves. The whole
0: thing, of social control, like a, a parent hears this. Yeah. One one time this happened. Yeah. One time, and for decades afterwards, and this happened in 1974. So 45 years later. Yeah. We're still telling our kids, "Oh, check out all your candy."
1: International.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't a stranger. It wasn't somebody, you know, some random creep in the neighborhood. Yeah. It was their own father that did this. My God. Yeah, there's some real monsters out there. There really are. Well, he's long gone. I think he was executed in 85. Uh, they should have put the same shit they put on, on that
1: candy on his ass. To right. Just kill him off.
0: Right, just drag it out a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> well okay. so that ended up taking a little bit of a turn but that's an example uh that's the story of the candy man or the man who killed Halloween right uh but we started talking about l- lup- l-
1: leprechauns
0: leprechauns fucking ward so we had gotten into the Dallahan we'd gotten into uh Headless Horseman. The Headless Horseman. Yeah. Okay, so another legend around surrounding horses, too, oddly enough, is called the Kelpie. And the Kelpie has a Swedish part counterpart, the Nytok, or something like that. And it's about this beautiful, beautiful horse that you see standing near a body of water. <laughs> and if you get on it, you will be stuck to the horse. And then the horse will gallop into the water. Into the water? And drown you. And there's different variations of this. Some you just, you know, they find your body floating. There's other ones where it submerges under the water, and then blood comes shooting up out of it, like Ooh. like a geyser of blood, like Jaws or something like that. It. Yes, yeah, yeah, Mortal Kombat style. That that Kelby just kicks your ass. Wow.
1: Water. There, there's a story. Well, it's it's not as creepy as this one, but there's a Colombian story too. About um, uh, how do you call it uh, the mule, the mule? I think it's a mule. Okay. La mula. Uh, and they say like in little towns and like farm, uh, and like out in the country or whatever, they hear a mule like after after hours. They okay. Can, they can hear it just like galloping, and and some people said that they've seen her, and then they just she just like goes off it's just this thing is all over the place but it hasn't it's been mounted it's like somebody's mule but it just roams around and is it dangerous? they say it's not dangerous but they hear it and just like it's always like running around so they call it La Mula and basically goes back to the story of a guy that he used to drink and, and gamble a lot so he was he was he would take on his mule or his like his um, gainings from the all, all his money that he won from gambling okay, and, okay. and his alcohol and all that nice he'll take the mule with him and like leave, leave it outside and go inside of the casino whatever the, the, the car shop or whatever and just right. start bet, bet, uh, betting and gambling and just getting wasted and go back home with all the money and they said that like the mule was really loyal and faithful and okay. she was always with him uh and it became so attached to the guy that the guy just went on. Well, it says the myth that he he died at some 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 casino or whatever, uh-huh. and the mule just roams around for eternity, just looking By for itself, it. yeah, looking for its person. It's looking for its person. Well, that really sad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <The> poor lonely boro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, then the next one is a. Uh, so this one's called the Leshy. Leshy. Uh, this one actually call, comes from the Taigues of Russia, which a Tig is just this giant wilderness area. Uh, they believe that it, the, uh, there's belief that the Leshy might have at one point been a Slavic deity, but essentially, how best to describe the Leshy? The Leshy is uh, believed to be like a chameleon, like it can blend in with the trees. Ooh, cool. And, and depending on how deep into the forest you are, the bigger it is. So it might be a giant disguised as a tree, or if you're near the edge of the forest or on the outskirts of the forest, it it's smaller. A little, okay. it can hide underneath a leaf. Mm-hmm. So in the center of the forest is where it's the most powerful. Um, but if you hear twig snapping or like the branches are waving around and there's no wind yeah. or there's these strange groaning sounds in the forest, it's a leshy moving around.
1: And this is from where? This is um, Russian? Russian. Okay. Because yeah. there's also a uh South American version of but it's it's a woman though. Oh okay, okay. they call her the Madre Monte, which is the the mother of the mountain. I don't know how to oh, say nice. it. Uh Madre Monte is basically this guy. She's uh the force of nature keeping control of of men around trees and creeks and she's just like making sure that men and nature are well behaved. Okay. Okay. but, um but it, it has the same signs, like you can hear her coming 'cause she she has like uh hair with braids, and like branches are stuck in it, and she growls and she's like basically like a moving three, okay, okay, so it's kind of like the same, but I mean it's not it doesn't have the chameleon. Uh, where it can blend in, I in know the, uh, yeah trees. okay okay
0: but it kind of it kind of goes side to side with that one and the neat thing about the leshy is uh, I mean there's there's a bunch of different stories about the leshy some were saying that it was kind of neutral towards humans so you could even befriend it um, there were stories that would maybe even teach you how to use some of its own powers so you could became, become a person of the forest as well a leshy which I'd be like yeah sign me up but uh, if you were somebody that was damaging the forest it could hurt you um so it's interesting though because this is kind of one of those personifications of things that they didn't understand. Strange things happening in the forest, right? And be like, oh, oh
1: branches falling down, yeah. and and the the uh, roaring of the I don't know wind yeah, getting the wind through, through the trees, the,
0: or the groaning of a tree as it's as it's curving over, right. or Just swaying. But release. it goes
1: back to the social control, man. That's the that's the conclusion we have with all these figures. As mm-hmm. so men to uh to scare you so you don't mess around with nature. It's basically telling your kids, hey there's this this big thing that is going to come get you yeah. if you th- uh if you throw away trash in like around you know the river or like
0: yeah. If I you leave behind. She would stuff up get some people at that. I know, yeah. <laughs> stop then later on. <laughs>
1: We should come out with we should come up
0: with a some urban legends.
1: Yeah, about people that litter on the fucking highway, man. There you go. Yeah,
0: and if a goblin you. that comes and like smashes and yeah. it's <laughs> <And> it's <this car. laughs> that would be dope. It puts a dirty plunger in their face at night. Yes. Yeah. that's what it does. We, should, you we heard should, it here first, folks. We
1: should come up with a really weird name and just
0: well, it's still one of the. Leshy has a whole bunch of different names. We yeah. can call come it on. the Borovoy Borderboy, Measure? I don't even know how to say that one uh, so uh, actually so going back to social control there's another one called a knocker or uh, Stephen King wrote a novel on it called the Tommy Knockers which is another thing that was called mm. and a knocker was this spirit and there was two different schools of thought on the knockers or the Tommy knockers they were they were um, mountain spirits and you would hear them knocking right before a tunnel collapsed. A tunnel? Like a mining tunnel. Okay. So there were some uh, miners, and miners became extremely superstitious of this. Uh, miners, be- there were some miners that believed that the Tommyknockers were causing the accidents and mm. collapsing the mines, and it was just them knocking on things to make it collapse. To make it drop. Or, I, the thought, other people, I thought you said the miners. Miners, like people under 18. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was like, so proper. proper uh, yeah. There were a couple of miners that were afraid of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there, there, I got was some adolescence there were was some adolescents that were involved <laughs> in some issues with the young ex- Tommyknockers.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. It yeah, was yeah. so confusing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Tommyknockers, uh the the people that believed the Tommyknockers were bene- more benevolent, mm. they would say that they were knocking as a warning of like, hey, this Tommy's about to collapse mm-hmm. get out. Now there's a bunch of thoughts that the the knocking sound might have actually been uh, things settling in the uh, in the tunnel uh-huh. right before it collapsed, so it was like a, a a noise you would hear. that like, "Oh no, there's something about to happen in this tunnel. Everybody, get out!" Oh, that makes sense. But if you uh, attribute it to this malevolent deity or this malevolent spirit, it's like, "Oh my gosh, it's going to hurt us. Everybody, run!" Right. And there was a uh, there was a contract dispute with miners back in the 1880s where they they basically all gathered together and said that they weren't gonna go back into the mine until the owners of the mine got rid of the Tommyknockers. No. So can you imagine like you're a business person and you get this like uh, this whole group of angry employees that are like, okay, until you get rid of these mischievous spirits in there, we're not going back to work, and, and you kind of look at your partner like, how do we want to deal with this? <laughs> <laughs> the
1: sentiment is
0: in that building. I'm not gonna go work in there until you get it out. This uh, the workshop is infested with leprechauns, uh, <laughs> sir. Where the are you printing G- company should come over that. Man. I'm, I'm, not gonna, strike. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna print
1: anything anymore until you've stubbed a little little fucker around. Here. Right, and
0: I can picture that, like <laughs> depending on the sense of humor of the uh, uh, business owner, yeah. they're gonna be very, very perplexed, like what the hell are these people talking about? Yeah. and they're like, yeah, yeah, I will totally take care of those for you. I'll totally, and th- and I'll just,
1: totally be that kind of manager
0: like i got you i got you family. i got you yeah those knockers are going to be y'all yeah. and i like, go in there like yelling stuff like knocking stuff around uh, uh, yeah take this <laughs> the knockers don't ever come back here yeah you want some more You come out like all dirty and stuff like i i, I messed them up for yeah. you guys that's, that that's how you need to i went to the ground for y'all <laughs> that's how you need to I hope you act that i approve people. you know the how, knockers how, being out of here <laughs> Oh man. Uh, let's see. Another one that I definitely wanted to hit today um, was the Dom's Blanche, also known as the White Lady. And the White uh, Lady. The White Lady, not just Karen. Like this is another White Lady. Oh,
1: okay. Not yeah.
0: <laughs> not just the one that wants to see your manager. <laughs> uh, with, the,
1: with the you can picture it with the short blonde hair.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> but done in a done up like it's definitely puffing yeah, on top. Yeah, that's, that's that's that is the white lady. Uh, so this was another example of, and this one's been uh, kind of immersed in other legends. But it was a a lone woman, very pale, that would wait on bridges or uh, crossings of rivers mm-hmm. or crossroads, and would you know lure in the unwary. Uh, she would ask for, sometimes she would ask for people to dance with her, sometimes she would have a way to get to, to kill or, uh, but there was, so this reminded me of what you said about La Llorona, Uh where it would also be known in some areas as the weeping lady. Yes. Or as, you know, and there was another similar legend that it was a woman that had murdered her kids. That's, that's La Llorona. And La Llorona was Maria, right? Yes. The original La Uh huh. Yeah. So she killed her kid, so
1: she just like wanders around looking for him, knowing that she lost him forever. That's that's La Jorona. You can hear her cry. That's mm-hmm. how you know she's around.
0: Or wait, no, the last Domes Blanche was a woman that had been abused in their life. So this one, she's more of a uh, that is a crazy. victim figure. But just just that there's these similar stories of like these these you know waiting bell lady, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the, one of the legends here saying that if uh, the man refused to dance with her, uh, she would immediately throw him into a river or lake and drown him, which that again brings us back to the uh, the Rusalka, yeah. which is the Russian myth mm-hmm. of the exact same thing, where it's this naked woman that or this this beautiful woman that lures you into the lake and then
1: next to a body of water yeah that's that's what all these the stories dress. have <laughs> in common it's mm-hmm. a white lady racist first of all right yeah why, next why she got to be white yeah
0: next <laughs> to a body of water well this one so this one she could be in a, a, at a bridge at a let's see middle of the woods um, on the side of the road right. but again this could be a warning of you know picking up hitchhikers of stopping and interacting with somebody that's like out in the middle of nowhere uh, they don't know what they're up to or why yeah. they're there uh, so there's another example of you know this is something to be wary mm-hmm. of which is where a lot of these folk tales do, come from
1: do you just, I'm just gonna tell you about the and every you can ask every single Colombia Colombian person that you know uh, guaranteed they're gonna know La Pata Sola which it was a, it's a nice segue because it's very relatable with Uh this one. La pata sola. It it literally means the single leg. (laughs) Okay. La pata sola. So basically, la pata sola, as uh, it translates, the single leg lady, is just someone that is just like hopping in one leg. So they say that you can hear her come because you can just like hear one step at a time coming to get you. And basically the story is um she she had a family. she was uh, married to this guy and they had three kids uh but it looks like she was kind of a, a witch or something like that. I don't really know the details so she was she was playing with the evil stuff with the devil and like cards and all that and mm-hmm. so somebody from the town that she was living came in with a with a machete with a machete how do we call it? machete? With a machete. So dentreo would say it. Yeah, All right. yeah, he's machete. Uh, and he he started killing the family, right? Ooh. The the husband, he cut his head off, and the kids started like chopping him off. Oh. And she kind of started running away, and the guy just just chopped one leg off. So she kept running with one leg. That's why they call it La Pata Sola. She only has one leg because she was doing some bad stuff, and someone showed up, showed up with a machete and cuts the leg off. Oh wow! And she just like hopped and ran away with just one leg. And now she's she's in, in pain. She's looking for her family, and like the whole town was looking for her. And she but she can never find them again. Yeah, she can okay. never find them again. Oh. So she just hops around in one leg, trying to look for his kids and his and her. Wow. Husband. Yeah.
0: So it's not necessarily hopping around on a leg, but that reminds me of the story of Baba Yaga. Do you know that one? No. So Baba Yaga, she is the um the the witch or the hag of Russian mythology and she shows up in a lot of different stories in fact. Uh Vasilisa. That's it. Vasilisa is a is another Russian version of the uh of the Cinderella mythos. Okay. But it's really badass because she has this like flaming skull that she carries around that Baba Yaga oh, gives Ghost to her. Ghost Right, right. Nice. Yeah, she brings the skull in and the skull can like, I'm trying to remember, like it remembers falsehoods or something like that. It's like Baba Yaga has all the sorcery about her. Okay. Um, but she also will like kill and eat you if you're evil or bad. So like, she's like a boogeyman. Like, if you do nice. something bad, Baba Yaga will come and get you. But yeah. she's got a house in the middle of the woods that's surrounded with a uh, fence of skulls, uh, Whoa. skulls the top. Yeah, she's badass. Goth. Oh, you know, yeah, very much. And then she rides around on a mortar and pestle, so like what you used to like crush up stuff yeah. back in the day. She would sit in one that was really big, but it would hop. She's
1: playing Evanescence. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so she had a giant paintbrush that she would move around on, <laughs> and then the, the yeah, I'm playing Evanescence, yeah, totally, <laughs> and would hop around on the pestle. And uh, her her house had chicken legs. So the house could get up and run around and then go back. Yeah, this is all just straight out of the Russian mythos. My god. So I'm not sure what the Russians were trying to warn us of there. About chicken legs and. Chicken legged house. Chicken legged house. That would. Shit myself if I saw something oh my like that. God, like a whole house just get up with chicken legs and start running right. off, and you're like, "Oh my god,
1: dude!" So we always talk about social control and all of that, and actually the good figures of mythology, if mm-hmm. you wanna, if you wanna call it that, because I know um, uh, if any, if we have kids listening to the podcast, uh-huh. and we're gonna talk about Santa. Um, all right, so if
0: we're going to go into a little bit about Santa, this will be your spoiler warning. Yeah, bring guys, bring kids away.
1: Cover, cover your ears. All right. Um, so they actually, I don't, I don't remember what um, country is it, but they have uh, anti-Santa.
0: Oh, um, what is it? Do you uh, remember? It's not Black Tom. What is his name? There's a creature called Krampus that's related to it.
1: So what? What does he do? So basically, the one that I heard about because I, I think I, I heard about him uh, not too long ago, and it's basically um, like oh, I yeah. said, going Krampus. back to social control. Like you're supposed to be a good kid, so Santa will bring you um, gifts
0: yeah. and good stuff. And if for he you didn't, then Krampus would come and put you in a bag and beat you. Right. No, and eat you. Oh, eat you. Okay. Yeah, he will. Well, uh, he can beat you up
1: too. I don't know like, like there's there's tender a-
0: meat. There's a ten, there's a tamer version where he would wrap you up in a sack and just whip the shit out of you.
1: No, I've heard the one that I've heard is that he will put you in the in the sack and bring you back home and eat you because you you've been a bad kid. Wow, yeah,
0: that's Krampus. So you see, even even the good ones. I mean, I wish Krampus was still around though, because that's the thing is, like, I feel like we've really like softened as a society. I, mean, well, I know we've softened as a society a lot, but. The thing about having Krampus as the antithesis to Santa Claus is that there's rewards for good behavior and there's punishments for bad. For bad, yeah. And then in the modern era, we've taken away Krampus. And now, in for the last, I don't know, 100 years, we've only focused on Santa. Mm-hmm. Only like, oh, you get good things, but not the Krampus side of it, of like, don't be a little asshole, too, at the same time. Because somebody's going to take your shit away. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or Krampus might come and like, eat you.
1: Yeah, cause some uh, some kids are shit shitheads. they just they don't care. They're just little brats. Yeah. So they're like, uh, well, I don't want I don't want shit from Santa. So I'm gonna do whatever I want.
0: Or you know you have the Dudley Dursleys that are just like I'm gonna be an asshole all year and I still expect Santa to bring yeah, a bunch of
1: gifts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, those are even worse. Yeah. So you, so you should have the first thing I'm gonna buy when I have a kid. It's a big picture of Krampus. Krampus. Just put it out there and
0: just <laughs> this is what is gonna happen to you, son. Or daughter. <laughs> or daughter. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. So man, I mean there is a there's a lot more we could delve into and we can yes. maybe jump into a little bit more next week.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think wrapping up a little bit yeah, yeah. we go we go to the same conclusion. It's all it's all Invented from the same reason in every single culture, every single city, every single country. There are a series of
0: warnings. A
1: series of warnings, but they use storytelling. Yeah. For, I mean,
0: to come across with the message, right? Well, even in marketing today, they'll tell you that storytelling is the most effective way to get a message across. It's always been. So instead of just saying, hey, here's this neat little gadget and it does this, this, and this, you show somebody in a situation where they need that gadget Mm -hmm. where they're in a bad spot and then because of that gadget, suddenly they're they're rescued from whatever the situation Mm -hmm. was. And that's why, you know, if you can put together a good commercial with that and tell that story, now the audience member sees themselves in that place. Same thing with all these warning stories, like Little Red Riding Hood or Krampus or the Kelpie, of like, you know, because the thing is the Kelpie story isn't just, hey, there's this horse, it's this kid from the village over got on this beautiful horse and then got killed. And then the kid, all the children hearing it are like, oh man, that could have been me.
1: Yeah. Oh, because the rest of it, it doesn't matter. The details do not matter because they change. The details just have to be relatable. I know. Exactly, yeah. You have to have a story that is relatable in every single culture. A Mm -hmm. body of water nearby. Yep. Like uh, a lady that lures men. There's always something. A stranger in the dark. A stranger in the dark, a a big, ugly creature. We all fear the same. We Mm -hmm. all want the same. So once you have that and you put it on in the story that it's relatable and different, you can you can do you can do whatever you want. You can make people fear. You can make people want stuff. You could
0: have people buying your shit. There you go. Yep. So Juan and I are available for uh, marketing research. Or <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> we got this shit down. Well, we do. All right. Uh, so that I think that's a good stopping point for this week. There is. Definitely tons more folklore that we can uh, get in on, and we've actually had a couple of you uh, messaging in about different topics that you've enjoyed or that you would like to hear more about. Thank so, you, guys. Uh, yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, writing in. Um, you can also write me at GideonHodge at gmail.com. Uh, we'll probably put together a more like generic... Generic or official was what yeah, I was going to say. Corporate. Corporate, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about marketing and we don't have it. I mean, We're fucking up. <laughs> uh, so, if you want to reach out to us with any of your ideas or things you would like to hear more about or things that you've enjoyed in the show, definitely reach out and let us know. Um, also, hit us up on Facebook, uh, Strange Strange World group. Ooh, and uh, we'll... Blog. Yeah, and I think we're getting Instagram here soon, right? Yep, we're All working right. on it. We're getting we're getting corporate. We're like getting legit here. <laughs> well, we thank everybody for tuning in this week. I'm Gideon Hans. I'm
1: Juan Marulanda.
0: And it's a strange, strange world. Strange. People are strange. Strange. <laughs>